Today on The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe. So John is saying that love begins with God. Love is from God. Love is sourced in God. And then John says, God is love. It's true he's holy, it's true he's righteous. But John is focusing on this, that we focus this Christmas, that God is love. Welcome to The Verdict, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor John Monroe. Christmas is always a special time of year, but the true wonder of the season isn't found in gifts or family traditions. The true wonder of Christmas is found in the realization of God's love for you and me. Today, the celebration of Christmas continues as we begin to think of the aspects of Christmas we should remember all year. Now, here's Pastor John Monroe with his message, Christmas is Love. How was your Christmas? I hope it was a special time of worship and celebration with those you love. This week on Verdict, we're still going to be thinking of Christmas and the implications of the coming of our Savior. Isn't it true that during this time of year, we have a special opportunity to experience the love of God afresh and share that love with others? In fact, it's almost impossible to think of Christmas without love. Little children love getting presents. As we get older, we love our Christmas memories, family gatherings, and reaching out to those in need. But above all, we thank God for His amazing love and grace in sending His Son to save us. Today, let's reflect on the unconditional and indescribable love of God. I thought it would be helpful Uh, to think of Christmas from three interlocking perspectives. Christmas is love, Christmas is joy, and Christmas is peace. So think of these three subjects, love, joy, and peace. Have you experienced much love in your life? Do you think of love? you think of those who love you? Think of those that you, that you love. What's been your experience of love? The love of the home that you grew up in. Uh, your, your love if you're, if you're married. Love if you're single. Love perhaps if you're widowed or separated. What's, what's been your experience of love? Wouldn't it be interesting if we had the time for each person to come up here and share something of that? What about joy? In the political arena, in a world with COVID and all that, how much joy is there? You put on the news and uh, there's very little joy. What's been your experience of joy? Are you a joyful person? Are you someone, as people come into your presence, are you someone who communicates joy? Or are you a kind of gloomy person? Lugubrious, sad, solemn. Uh, what about peace? What's been your experience? Your person in peace. Last night, as you laid your head on the pillow, did you do that with peace? Something really gnawing at you? Something disruptive? Peace in your home? What kind of home do you have? Is there, is there peace there? What about at work? in your relationships with your colleagues. Christmas speaks to all of these things, don't they? 
these emotions and these truths. Love and joy and peace. Well, today our focus is love. Christmas is about love, love in action, love personified. Christmas is about the love of God. And I want to think of it very simply today. I trust not simplistically, but simply because this is a very, very important subject. I want us to think, first of all, of the reality of the love of God. Secondly, of the proof of the love of God. And third, your response, my response. The reality of the love of God, the proof of the love of God, and your response to the love of God. Because there must be a response. And I wonder if all of you have responded to the love of God. So we're going to think, first of all, think with me of the reality of the love of God. But before thinking of the love of God, let's think a little bit of the reality of love. You say, well, we can't really think about the love of God without, we can't really think about love without thinking of the love of God. That's true. But let's think, first of all, of human love, of our experience of love. Love is the crying need of the human heart, isn't it? Love. Uh, a world without love is unimaginable, isn't it? Think of the, the love between husband and wife. The love between parents and child. The love between brothers and sisters. The love between friends and friends. Love. Love is the most exhilarating of experiences, isn't it? Love, I think, gives meaning and significance to life. Uh, it would be intolerable, wouldn't it, to live in a world without love? And yet the reality is some people never really experience love. While love is the most exhilarating of experiences, giving significance and meaning to life, uh, when something goes wrong with that love, it's one of the most painful experiences, isn't it? And some of you know exactly what I'm speaking about. Love is wonderful, but sometimes human love breaks down. Something goes wrong. I stand here as a minister of the gospel with a young couple who make vows till death they do part. And they express their love for each other. And uh, when I meet with them, I say, you're going to love this person for the rest of your life. Of Absolutely, there is no possibility of my love coming to end. I love this person so much. And they make vows before God, standing right here under the cross. And then a few years later, sometimes even months later, but usually... Some years later, something terribly goes wrong. And where there was once love, there's pain, there's accusations, there's recriminations, and love seems to have disappeared. The reality of human love. We use this word love in different ways, don't we? People say, I love you, but I'm not in love with that person. Uh, we also use in a way, in a love, in a way, we shouldn't use it. As some people talk about loving, perhaps a man says, I love this woman, but he doesn't love her, he uses her. Uh, he may say he loves 
this woman, but when you examine it, his love is all take, 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 take. His love is self-centered. He uses people for his own satisfaction. He's put himself at the center of his life, and although with his lips he may say to this woman, I love you, the reality is he doesn't know about love at all. It's not love, we call that lust. And lust is demanding. Lust thinks of self. Lust puts me first. And yet many people say that's love. It's not love at all. It's take, take, take. Then perhaps the most familiar form of love, I think that most of us will have experienced, is the love. Thank you, dear, I love you. And my wife is coming up um, and giving me a tissue. Thank you. Uh, just the thought of her makes me cry, you know. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm really very sentimental. And uh, good night, I love you. Uh, thank you. Now, where was I? Um, I think that's the first time she's come up, and um, I thought she was going to take over, but she probably could do much better than I do, uh, certainly when it comes to love. However, I'm going to deal with some theological issues there, propitiation, so you may have struggled a little there, but we'll go on. Uh, um, where was I? Yes, love. Love between two people. It is not just take, surely, it's give and take. You love that person, and they love you back. That's wonderful. The love of a child for a parent. Love for husband and wife. Love for two friends. And that kind of relationship is not just take, take, take. No, it's give and take. Uh, we love that person, they love us. Uh, they do things for us, and we do things for them. Uh, we put them before ourselves, and they put us before themselves. But have you had the experience where that love has come to an end? Think of it with friends. There are people that you've been very close to. You may have been married to them. People in your own family, certainly in friends, that one time you loved them, and that love was never returned. It's very difficult, isn't it, to keep loving someone who doesn't love you in return. You give, 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 and they take, take, take. And after a while, it becomes obvious that they don't love you at all. They may say they do, but their actions are clear. They don't love you. They may love someone else. They may love themselves. And uh, you feel, wait a minute, there's something wrong here. And if that continues, I would suggest that your, quote, love for them comes to an end. They have not acted in a way you think appropriate. You wake up one day and you say, it's always me that makes the call. I'm the one that's always doing things. I'm the one that's taking action. And they give nothing in return. So there is love which is take, take, take. There's love which is give and take. Ah, but there's another love. A love that we all crave. A love which is very, very rare in human relationships, although people say it. Uh, we call it unconditional love. This love gives and gives and gives and gives and continues to give even when it's not returned, even when it's rejected, even when the other person doesn't respond in the way that we expect. 
This, of course, is the love of God. God's love, the reality of love, is that God continues to love us. That magnificent verse that God shows his love toward us in that while we were yet wonderful people who worshiped him and praised him every day and prayed five times a day, no. That God commends his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Let's read, open your Bibles. First John chapter four, it's at the end of the Bible. We heard the magnificent verses from John 1. John writes in one way simply, his Greek is very easy to understand, but he works very, prof he, he also writes very profoundly. We heard his profound prologue from John 1. Here's another magnificent passage of scripture. First John 4, and we're going to read from verse seven. I want you to get these words. I want them to penetrate your heart, to encourage you. Listen to John. John is called the disciple of love. He knows about love. Uh, it was John that put his head on the, on the bosom of Jesus. So John, in a sense, is an expert of, of love, an expert in love, and he knows about the love of Jesus. And so he writes, uh, John, 1 John 4, verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. Think of that statement, God is love. He's going to repeat it in verse 16. God is love. In this the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. Now look at verse 10. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he's given us of his spirit and we have seen and testify that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. Can you write more beautiful words than that? This is the disciple of love writing about love. And John traces the flood of the love of God to its fountain. And so he says here in verse eight, God is love. Look at verse 19. We love because he, God, first loved us. A very important verse. We love because he first loved us. So John is saying so brilliantly, and in a sense so simply but so profoundly, that love begins with God. It doesn't begin with your feelings. That love, this unconditional love, this beautiful, pure love begins with God. Love is from God. 
Love is sourced in God. And then John says, God is love. Not just that God is loving, that's a true statement, but it's deeper than that. The very being of God is loved. Love is the self-communication of God. What's your view of God? I speak to people, their view of God is often very sentimental, or on the other hand, their view of God is a kind of a judge, a cosmic killjoy, someone to be feared in the sense of being afraid, and certainly God is to be feared, but we're not to be afraid of God, because God is love. It's true he's holy, it's true he's righteous, it's true that he's truth, but John is focusing on this, that we focus this Christmas, that God is love. And John says, it's not that you one morning woke up and said, I'm going to start loving God. It's rather that God first loved you. We love because he first loved us. I want you to think about that. I want this to grip your heart, whoever you are. This Christmas, God's love comes to you. You, whoever you are sitting there, whoever you are listening on live stream, God's love comes to you. God's love, in a sense, embraces you. That this God is not a God who's far away. We heard beautifully sung the words, O come, O come, Emmanuel. Israel crying for the Messiah. Ah, but the Messiah has come, and he's come to us. God is not a remote God. God is a personal God, and a God who has revealed himself, and God is love. He not only loves Americans. Please remember, Americans. I'm an American. God loves Africans. God loves Bolivians. God loves Liberians. God loves... Chinese. God loves Australians. God loves Germans. And God loves you. You're here for the very first time. I want to tell you that God loves you. You've been sitting on these pews for many, many years. I want to remind you that God loves you. I've been thinking about this week. I I, I was overwhelmed by the thought That this great eternal God, who's so big, he is immeasurable, that this God would love John Monroe. Some of you sitting there find it hard to love me. I understand that. (laughs) Right? That's why I'm glad my wife still loves me. But think of this, that God loves you. The Bible says that God so loved the world and that God's love comes right down to you. I want you to understand that you are a greatly loved person. I don't know your experience of human love. Perhaps it's been rather difficult. Perhaps you came from a home where you didn't know much love. I I meet many people, many men particularly, who have told me they grew up in a home and uh, their father never once said to them, I love you. Or their father never embraced them and said, I love you. 
And they go through life wondering, did my, did my father really love me? Some of you grew up in homes where you're abused. And some of you entered marriages with great hope and expectation and you really loved that man, you really loved that woman, but they betrayed you and they broke the vows of, of marriage and they abused you. And you may have gone through all kinds of difficult circumstances at a human level, but rejoice in this. There's something much more important than human love, and that is this, that God loves you. You see, God's love, the Bible says, is great. Paul, as he writes about it in Ephesians 2, says that God is rich in mercy because he's loved us with a great love. That word great sounds too insignificant, doesn't it? But how do you describe the love of God? God's love is so great that it cannot be measured. You can't put boundaries around the love of God. It is so high that it takes us to heaven, the love of God. That when I die, I'm not going to be separated from the love of God. In fact, I will enter into a new dimension of the love of God because this love does not let me go. It's so high that it takes me to heaven. This love is so wide that it embraces every single one of you. No one is excluded from the love of God. God's love is so long that it is eternal. It never runs out. There will never be a time in all of eternity, time and eternity, when God will stop loving me. Human love, yes, it can come to an end. Human love can be very, very difficult and very, very painful. But this we know, that when we receive this love, this love is eternal. And this love is so deep, it's so deep, that it reaches down to those who are at the very bottom. To those who are despairing, to those who are about to give up, uh, to those who feel that life is, is so difficult, they, they, they want to end it. I want to tell you, if you're listening and you're like that, I want to tell you that God loves you. I want this to grip your heart, whoever you are. This Christmas, God's love comes to you, you. God's love, in a sense, embraces you. And if you or someone you know has been struggling with suicidal thoughts or feelings, please reach out and speak with a friend, a local pastor, or call 988. This is The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe and a message titled, Christmas is Love. You can find all of these daily lessons available online at theverdict.org. And as a special thank you to our listeners, we'd like to offer you a free copy of one of John's booklets that goes hand-in-hand with these lessons about Christmas and God's gift of love. It's titled Eternal Security, Finding Certainty in a Chaotic World. Be encouraged as you deal with personal doubts and questions about your faith and better understand salvation by grace so you can live with joy and peace no matter the circumstances. Download or request a mailed copy of this special booklet when you visit our website at theverdict.org. And if these biblical lessons and tools have helped you in your journey of faith, now is a great time to help us reach more listeners by making a year-end donation. December is an important month in our ministry, and your partnership plays a major role in our efforts to share the truth of God's Word, both locally and worldwide. You can easily give whatever amount you feel led to by visiting theverdict.org or give us a call at 833 855 
And before we get to John's closing remarks, let me remind you that all of these daily messages are available 24-7 through our podcast. Just search your podcast app for The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe and choose subscribe. Now, here's John. Well, what's your verdict? We all long for unconditional love, which is rare in our human relationships. But are you coming to understand the reality and the depth of God's love for you? And God has demonstrated His great love for us by sending His Son as a way of salvation. This is one of the great miracles of Christmas, God's love coming down from heaven to you and me, totally undeserved. Have you personally experienced this love of God in Christ Jesus? Next time, we will think of our response to this great love. Thanks for joining us today on The Verdict. I'm Michelle Davies. Today's program with Pastor John Monroe was produced and sponsored by Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina.